In Matthew 24, the disciples came to Jesus and they specifically asked him, What is the sign of your coming and of the end of the world? Jesus told them many things in Matthew 24. In verses 12 and 13, Jesus said, And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. But Jesus said it would get so bad that even the elect would perish if the days weren't shortened. But for the elect's sake, God would shorten the days. So it's going to be worse than anything we have ever seen or anyone has ever seen on this earth. What are you doing to endure? Well, first you have to wake up and even realize that we are on the threshold of this happening. How do we know that? Well, because the churches, for the most part, have fallen away from Scripture and changed doctrine. And second, the iniquity of this world is absolutely terrible. I have recently had to completely remove myself from any TV newscast because I see so much evil in the newscasters, in the people they interview, in the things people do, and in the various statements being made which justify the people who are doing the evil things. The governments are justifying them, the governors are justifying them, the uh, government officials are justifying the evildoers, the newsmen are justifying the evildoers, and the evil is out there before our faces. I couldn't take any more of it, so I removed myself completely from newscast. Just let them have it out. God will take me in safety as I follow scriptures and pray. When I do see evil and it is flaunted in front of me, as it often is through people who send me emails, church people, Often the evil is absolutely horrible that they send me. I have to pray for God to restore my soul as I deal with these people. But I don't have to watch newscasts. God shows me that some of you listening to this podcast are maybe Christians. He also shows me that some of you listening to this broadcast have gone through years of pollution and are very distorted by your church doctrines. So the first thing we've got to do is present materials to awaken you, to let you see this is upon us. If you are just trying to see everyone as good, as if you're in a Hallmark movie of some kind, you are in great danger of being swept away by the iniquity. 
You have to believe what Jesus said. In the last days, the iniquity will abound. And because of that, many, the love of God in many, will be gone, will disappear. But he who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. He who endures through God shall be saved. The tribulation that is coming upon this world is even worse than the flood that destroyed the people in the days of Noah. It is worse than anything anyone has ever seen before because this is the way the Bible describes it in Revelation 8 through 16. And if you're trying to see people as good, you better awaken. Because here's the way God described the people before he sent the flood upon the world in the days of Noah. Genesis chapter 6. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. It is only when we are born again that we are a new creature. Nothing has changed to make a human being good between the time of the flood and now, except for one thing. Those who are born again are new creatures. But even some of the elect would be saved if the days weren't shortened, says Jesus. So it's very serious. It's much more serious than coronavirus. But coronavirus gave us a wonderful opportunity to see how fast things can change, how fast things can go downhill. And also, the coronavirus should awaken us to the stumbling about of man. The answer is not in man. It's not in man to save us. The only hope is in God and in turning to God and awakening as Jesus tells us in Luke 21 to do. That we have to watch ourselves and what we're doing to keep from being swept away. So you have to wake up. And you poor baby Christians, I know what it was like to be a baby Christian. You just think you're like a puppy. You think everybody's good at church and you just run from one to the other and it's just jumping up and down and shouting and screaming and everything is wonderful. And you don't know enough church doctrine from the Bible to see the evil in your own church. Start reading the New Testament. That shows you the conflict between today's churches and God. And pray for God to open your eyes 
that you can see. For the time, I feel the time short. Now, why is the coming tribulation sent by God even worse than the flood that destroyed the people in the days of Noah? If you will read Revelation 8 through 16, you will see the woes and plagues that are coming upon this earth. In the days of Noah, everything went along, people eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the rain started and destroyed them all, except for Noah, who followed God. So what makes this thing coming worse? It's going to be spread out over time. There's one of these plagues described in Revelation, which is like a scorpion biting man, and it will continue for five months, it says in Revelation, that men will be tormented for five months by this torment. We don't have any idea how long each of these plagues will be. It's just like today, we really don't know how long this coronavirus will be. If the coronavirus ends this summer and we pick up life as usual with football in the fall, which I personally hope we get to do, if that happens, it's over for a while at least. But in the Great Tribulation, it doesn't end. When it begins, it does not end. It is one plague after another plague. And each plague can go on for months or maybe even years. And there are about 14 plagues. It's going to be incredibly difficult. I think we found it difficult even to endure the shut-in time in March, April, and May of 2020. And all of these worldly people, they will become mad as hatters during this time. They, they are now. Domestic violence arose during this three-month period of coronavirus. There's a report of an increase in domestic violence because they were shut up together. This is mild compared to what we're going to see upon this earth. The wrath of God that comes in the end, and no man will change it. No one will change that. I am glad we've had the opportunity to see what we've seen in 2020, because I would read sections of Scripture like the destruction of Babylon, which is, a, I think, probably a city like New York. The total destruction of that great city. And I could, just couldn't understand how it could be possible for it to happen. And yet I knew it would happen because it's there in the Bible telling me it was happening. Well, I can see much more easily since coronavirus how it can all be shut down and destroyed. My eyes are much more open now than they were prior to March 2020. 
I had been to New York only two times, New York City, but the masses of people was just overwhelming. You can't walk down the sidewalks. I mean, it's just a steady bed of people. And the one thing I wanted to see so much on television when they began to shut things down was New York City, Times Square. What would it look like? I couldn't picture it without the mass of people. And when they showed it, it was hard to believe. People weren't there. It was just open streets and open sidewalks. And that is very helpful for me to see what this thing was in this coronavirus because basically we haven't seen anything yet. The things that are coming are much worse than this. Therefore, because of all of these plagues loosed upon the earth that are described in Revelation 8 through 16, I know it is far worse than the flood that destroyed the, the world during the days of Noah. I know the coronavirus helps to wake us up to the scriptures. In 1 Thessalonians 5, the Apostle Paul speaks of the Great Tribulation and the coming of Jesus. He says, But of the times and seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. For yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. See, didn't coronavirus come as a thief? Of course it did. Look what it did to the economy, the jobs. And having to shut everything down, the merchants. We got a glimpse of it. And I think we are fortunate to have had a glimpse of it. For it's easier for us to understand how fast it can happen. I absolutely couldn't believe what I was seeing on March 11th when we are approaching the NCAA basketball tournament in the United States, the biggest tournament. And all of a sudden, NCAA announces they will not have the tournament this year. And everything collapsed. And they announced schools will be closed. We won't have any more schools this school year. And we won't have NBA, and we won't have PGA, professional golf. And they shut down Major League Baseball. About the only sport that wasn't affected was American football, and it wasn't affected because we just ended the football season the first week in February of 2020. And we don't have football until mid-July when they start training camp. But all of the other things stopped. The schools stopped. The sports stopped. People were shut in their houses. The production of new presentations on television, as I understand it, they ceased. Everything shut down. It was incredible. Here the day of the Lord, the wrath of God, he says, 
so cometh as a thief in the night. We should be able to see how fast this can happen. And it does steal from people. It takes away their way of life. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child. That woman who's going to have that have a baby and has that baby inside her body cannot escape what's coming. And she knows it. Well, that's what this thing coming is. It's a thing they can't escape. It comes as sudden destruction. And it's as a travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. 1 Thessalonians 5, 3. It says, when they say peace and safety, then cometh sudden destruction. Peace and safety. I've always thought that meant the homosexuals. In 1960, if a homosexual was caught in Texas, that homosexual was put in prison. Today they have peace and safety as never before. They are sheltered by law in the United States. We side with that which we see in the Bible concerning the sins of man. Romans chapter 1 verses 26-27 For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. You better side with God on this subject. In the eyes of God, we should see it is condemned. Before God destroyed Sodom in the days of Abraham, Homosexuals were in every part of the city of Sodom. And they gathered to have sex with those two angels who came to destroy Sodom. Genesis 19. They were in every quarter of the city of Sodom before God destroyed Sodom. I see this as a sign to us today. Yes, the homosexual can be saved. If God opens his eyes to see this as a sin and he turns to God and repents and doesn't do this sin any longer, yes, he can be saved just like an adulteress can be saved or a fornicator can be saved or a drunkard can be saved. But if they continue in their sin, they will not be saved. But I do see this homosexual thing as one of the trumpets of the end time. It happened in the days of Sodom. 
We have scriptures which tell us that in the eyes of God, it is vile. It is vile affections. And we have scriptures saying the effeminate will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that can't mean effeminate woman. It means homosexual. Unless they are born again and turn from the homosexuality. But who speaks about homosexuality today? Saying it's a sin. One day I was watching some television program and that Catholic Pope came on and he said, I don't see anything wrong with homosexuals. And I screamed out, what about the Bible? I was screaming at the TV. He says, I don't see anything wrong about homosexuality. And I am saying, what about the Bible? There are churches today who even hire homosexuals as pastors. There are churches today that are terrified to tell you Romans chapter 1, verses 26 and 27. They're afraid of offending you. Some of you may never have may never have heard these scriptures before I read them today. You may be shocked that this is in the Bible. Well, read it, Romans chapter 1, and agree with the Bible. Change your mind and throw away all of your previous thinking and side with the Bible. That's the only hope for us. When you read it in the Bible change to that doctrine you can ask yourself at the church gathering if you attend a church is the preacher warning the congregation about fornication idolatry adultery homosexual lesbian abusers of themselves with mankind thieves covetous drunkards railers extortioners for Paul says none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, that is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. Well, these are important matters. And why is the pastor not speaking about these if he isn't? So you can evaluate it. Revelation 22, verse 14 Blessed are they that do God's commandments, that they may have a right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Luke 21, Jesus warns us about this time that's coming. Start at verse 33. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words, says Jesus, shall not pass away. Doesn't that tell us how important the word of God is? How important every scripture is, especially every scripture in the New Testament Bible that we not explain away any scripture in the New Testament Bible 
We can't set up doctrine in a church that is opposite to the doctrine of the New Testament Bible, and they're doing it all the time today. That's because Antichrist has moved in, which is another sign of the end time. Because we read uh, in Second Thessalonians 2 that the end cannot come except there be a falling away first. First, the churches have to fall away before Antichrist moves in. And there are many Antichrists. Not one Antichrist, many Antichrists. That is explained for us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Peter said, well, you know Antichrist has come. Uh, you, know the, the, you know about Antichrist. But Antichrist is already here. There are already many Antichrists. So Peter explains that to us, or John explains that to us in 1 John chapter 2. So Jesus says in Luke 21, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. Therefore, line yourself up to his words that are in the Bible, the New Testament Bible. And Jesus warns us and says, Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting. Surfeiting is overindulgence and drunkenness and cares of this life. And so that day of the Lord come upon you unawares. It would be like, again, the time that we have witnessed in 2020 with this coronavirus. It's hit you and you're not even aware of it. You don't even know you have it. Well, he's warning us that day of the Lord can come upon you unawares. If your heart is overcharged with overindulgence, and drunkenness and cares of this life. So you have to watch yourself. And you have to make adjustments to your life accordingly. You have to sit down with this passage of Scripture and examine yourself and make corrections. Verse 35 of Luke 21, Jesus says, For a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass, and to stand before the Son of Man. So two things. Watch your own life, and pray always about everything in your own life. No one knows the exact time of the end, but we do know how we must be living at the time it starts to come. Peter tells us this. Second Peter chapter 3, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall be melt with fervent heat. The earth also and all the works that are therein shall be burned up. Now that's at the very end of the Great Tribulation. We can tell by several things 
when the end starts, the sun will be darkened. There will be a time when the sun's darkened. And the moon and stars will not give their light. You can read Revelation uh, Revelation chapter 8 to see the beginning of those plagues. There's the first one, I think it said it's lightning and hail, great lightning and hail, and a third of the grass would be burned up. The plagues are going to be things that only God can bring. No man brings lightning and hail. No man does that. That can't be duplicated. So when you see something like this, you know. There's one of those plagues where uh, the sun reduces its shining by one-third. There's a third more darkness. And even the moon and stars, there's a third more darkness. You'll definitely know when that comes if you're here to see it. It can't be explained away. There is no man that can control this. One time God gave me a dream about this subject. The earth slipped on its axis. The newscaster on television was so disturbed in trying to tell the story, he just got up and walked off camera. He couldn't tell the story. He was so frightened. Well, this is a real thing. It's not like today where they pretend to be sorry that this has happened. It was affecting him. That's what this end is like. Verse 11 of Second Peter chapter 3. Peter says, Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless. Is that the way you are at this second? Is that the way I am at this second? I really try to keep myself in this position of being in peace, without spot and blameless. If I have been striving with someone immediately, I start praying as soon as I can. I start praying, God, create in me a clean heart. Please restore me. Help me. For trouble will come, but the way we handle it is the key. So we have to keep ourselves in peace. You can't be sitting here dreading some appointment in the future. If you dread something that's likely to be happening in the future, or you dread something that's scheduled on your calendar, you're not living in peace. If Jesus came this second, you would not be found in peace because you are dreading that. You have failed to deal with it prayerfully.
You have to deal with every concern prayerfully. And you have to keep yourself without spot and blameless. If you're following some doctrine at church, which is opposite to what's written in the New Testament, you are not going to be without spot and blameless. If you side with the enemy, in World War II, if you sided with the enemy, if you lived in France and you were siding with Germany, it was a tragic consequence. And that's the same thing it is now. We have to side with God and what he says in the New Testament Bible. If you're siding with your own church and denying specific scriptures, you're not going to be without spot and blameless. And we, each of us, are responsible for doing that which is written in the New Testament. If we're going to keep ourselves in peace without spot and blameless. This is what it is to be ready. I've written all these scriptures out for you. They are on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Pull up the broadcast. Jesus says, in the last days, iniquity will abound. On the right-hand side of the homepage of our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations, you will see the word podcast. Click on that. You'll see this broadcast that I have recorded today. You will see all the scriptures that I have spoken. That way you can examine every one of these scriptures and you can examine yourself at this point in time by the scriptures to see if you need to make adjustments to your life. You can examine the church you attend by finding out for yourself how often does this preacher talk about sin? And what is he warning the people about? And what is the Bible warning us about? And why is it different at church? Go into these things. See, your own soul is at stake. You bring terrible things upon yourself if you don't do this. If you don't examine the Bible and conform your way of thinking to the Bible and depart from those in churches who have an opposite doctrine. You're following Antichrist if you go along with them. Anti is opposite to Christ. So wake up. Thank you for allowing me to speak to you today.